Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. On this show, we usually talk about larger projects. Ex- I don't know why. Expensive projects. Yeah, expensive things that cost you money. Right, because we're trying to talk about things that are going to improve the resale value of your home. Absolutely. And it seems like if you're going to improve the resale value of your home, you got to spend money to do it. 100%. So that's kind of where we are. We're, we're always talking about things that cost you money. Right. So on this show, today we're going to be talking about... Projects that you can do around your home or in your home that are either free or affordable. affordable. Yeah, that's great. And they they do have a tendency to be smaller projects. Right. And as such, these smaller projects are usually do-it-yourself projects, DIY projects, weekend warrior type projects. That's the idea. No good excuse for not tackling one of these projects if if you if you it's something that applies to your home absolutely so we're going to start outside and work our way inside so we've split up this list and the very one the very first one on the list that we made is something that's super easy you can replace the numbers on your house if they've been painted over a few times if they're rusty if they're falling off you can go out and buy brand new numbers for probably less than 20 bucks would be my guess. I replaced all of mine when I moved into my home. They were on, they, they were horizontally under the one lamppost that I had, or not lamppost, but I had lamp, uh, lights on either side of my garage. Yeah. Now I do, sorry. When I moved in, there was only one, one light on one side of the garage. It was off center. It looked weird. Lopsided. And then it had those old school numbers that kind of came down at a slight angle. I thought it looked terrible. So I tore them off. I actually cut a light block extra long. So the light block comes down. I don't know. How long do you think that is? Three 20, feet? Yeah, it's, oh, I would say it's at least 24 inches. Yeah, 24, 30 inches, something like that. So the light sits at the top of it and the light block comes down. And then I did the numbers vertically. Right. And I I bought numbers that are kind of modern. My house is like a mid-century modern type house. So they come away from the surface of the of the house, so they stick off about a half an inch and you nail them in. And it, man, that project cost me with the light block and everything, probably 50-60 bucks, but it completely changed the front of my house. Yeah. I mean, you had to you had to get power over there. There, there wasn't power over there. So there was a little bit of electrical work. Well, that that light was already there. What I did was I I did add another light to the other side of the garage. Right. Um, so that project I would count separately. Oh, separately. Okay, okay. Because I'm, we're just talking about house numbers. The house numbers yeah, that I but, have. But the project you did was one project, and you did include adding a second light to balance the garage uh, door, which right. which. As a part of that project, it was really, really great. Still, even though you had to do a little bit of electrical, which we don't uh, do our ourselves, right? <laughs> uh, it still was not a, a very expensive project, and yet it was complete. It was a complete project. You know, I think we look at the ho- the house numbers on our house, or we we don't even see them. We look right past them or right through them. Yeah, I mean it. I've seen a house. I was looking at a house and the the house numbers were like 4516. And they were really thin little metal house numbers and th- there was a nail that was holding the each one of them on. Mm-hmm. A nail at the top and a nail at the bottom. Well, the nail had come out of the top of the 6 and it swung down and became a 9. <laughs> so the guy's address now was 4519 instead of 4516. That is the silliest thing ever. Mm-hmm. House numbers cost about $5 a piece. <laughs> so for the price of 20 bucks, you could replace your house numbers and change things for your home. Absolutely. This is a great opportunity to um, to freshen up the, the curb appeal of your home. And if you don't have numbers, 
it is important to put house numbers on your home. Oh, absolutely. You got to consider an ambulance showing up, a fire truck, food delivery, Amazon. If they can't find your address immediately, then you're going to have a hard time getting your packages. Sometimes they're not going to deliver them. So if you move into a house or it's if it's just been that way for a long time, it's a good time to do it. It's cheap. Absolutely. I, I agree. You should have house numbers. They should be prominently displayed and they should not be the same color as the house that they're attached to. I agree. So either needs to have some sort of contrasting plate behind it or the numbers need to be contrasting and they should be larger and easy to read. And if the opportunity presents itself, they should be lighted. Yes. Because people actually look for homes after daylight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for half the year, it's dark for half the day. Yeah. That's a great project. Not very expensive and it really can change things for your home. So take a look at your house numbers, see how they look. Absolutely. Uh, Next one on the list is to uh, work on your entryway. Make it welcoming. You can add potted plants, flowers. Sometimes that's difficult to do during the winter months, but you can do certain things. You can buy fake trees. I've I've seen plenty of houses where they have bought fake shrubbery to put it out front, and you would think it sounds cheesy, but man, it looks great. Freshen up your entry door. You can replace the door knocker. You can replace the handle set. You can paint the door. If the door's beat up and old, you can replace it, but if you don't have the money to replace it, because of entry door, of course, is a fairly significant project, and it's fairly expensive. So, but a coat of paint, you can paint usually an entire door with a quart. So you're talking 20, 30 bucks. Handle sets can get kind of pricey, but guess what? You can paint them. Take them off, strip them, sand them, lightly sand them, clean them up, and then rattle can them. And they, I've seen people do it, and it looks great. The entry to your home can be like, um, can be like an, an onion, or where you are. There's lots of different layers that you can work to, depending on what your, you know, what your budget is or what your capability is. If you've got a front door that doesn't, that is not covered, if you don't have a front porch cover, that'd be a great thing to add. Homes with front doors that don't have a porch cover. Uh, are desperately in need of one. Yeah, but now you're getting into money. Sure, sure. And I'm just saying that you should be able to look at the entry of your home and see all of the things that could be done. And the simplest of those things is removing the cobwebs from around the door (laughs) and the light or whatever happens to be right there. Cleaning. You replace the doorbell. Add a, you know, add a, a peep sight in your door. You can replace the doormat. These are all very simple things that can be done. Um, And some of those things can be expensive and some of those things don't have to be. I will never forget a long time ago. I can't remember. Many years ago, me and my wife were out looking for homes. We were house shopping and we pulled one up. We looked at the pictures. It looked great in the pictures. And then we got there. We pulled up front, got out of the car walked up to the front door, which they clearly never used, ever. (laughs) Okay. There was, they had the garage door open, and that's where they were having the open house. You would go through the garage and tour the home. And we had just incidentally walked up to the front door, and it was gross. Hideous. It was the, the, all the glass was clouded. There was cobwebs everywhere, you know, uh, even hornet's nests. There was hornet's nests up in the corners of the entryway. And I took one look at that and said, gross. We weren't, we were like absolutely not buying that house. Yeah. So it makes a pretty big impact on a lot of people. You know, you really want your entryway to look just like you described it. One day a year. October 31st. (laughs) Yeah. On October 31st. Fake uh, cobwebs up on my entry door this year. Yeah. On October 31st, you want it to be as uninviting as possible. But every other day, um, absolutely not. Absolutely. You know, the first thing you see, Corey, is not even the front door or the entryway. The first thing you generally see when you approach a property is the mailbox. This is true. The mailbox also tells a story. 
because it kind of sits out there by itself. It gets hit by passing cars. Kids hit it with baseball bats. Birds have a tendency to relieve themselves on it. You know, (laughs) it's one of the things that just never seems to be properly taken care of. And uh, there's an opportunity there, folks, to do something special with your mailbox. Build a mailbox surround, replace the mailbox with something new, paint it, toll paint it, um, do something cool with the mailbox that sets the tone for what people would see if they were walking through the inside of your home. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you have your mailbox by your entry door. And one of the houses that I had in my past had our mailbox right outside the front door. It was at the front entry. You know, one of those ones that hangs on the wall. Oh, sure. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. And it was ancient. We replaced it and it, you know, made a pretty big difference. Yep. I agree. That's a, that's an important one. All right. Talking about walking up to your entryway, what about creating a DIY pathway? Maybe a, maybe some stepping stones or some a gravel pathway. Those sorts of things are very inexpensive. You can go to the landscaping supply and usually buy some nice flat, flat, uh, flat flagstones or something like that. You can probably get that done for under 100 bucks. You can even save more money by one of those concrete paver forms, mix up some concrete, and you can pour some forms they have. You flip it back and oh, forth, yeah, and yeah. it makes sort of this uh, faux stone pathway. Inexpensive, of course, because bags of concrete. And and that takes a little bit more creativity. You might want to stain it, um, but also makes a very cool pathway. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things. If you have something old, clean it up. Add edging. You ever have, you ever use edging? I've used an edger. An edger? Yeah. There's, <laughs> I think it looks really clean. I like it. Black plastic with yeah, sort that, of a that black. bulbous round top thing. Or you can get it where it's um, just thin, like a thin strip landscape edging where you drive it down. You just you, you push it down into the ground or yeah, yeah, yeah. drive it down into the ground. And there's sometimes there's stakes that go with it. Sure, like, sure. Like it's not just that old school rubber plastic yeah. black. I have seen edging used and in some cases I've liked it. In some cases they didn't do a good job installing it. If it's really wavy and all over the place and not down where it's supposed to be in some places, it can look poorly executed. I agree. But here's another thing. You can use bricks, maybe even reclaimed bricks or stones. I I saw a house one time that had stone like larger stones that they had collected and use that as edging around their garden beds. Yeah. Looks fantastic. Yep. Down in California, I saw lots of houses that had paved curbs. Actual curbs. Wow, with really? Like a little slope on them. They poured around it, huh? all of them. And it looks really cool in my opinion. I almost did it at my house. But that's a little bit more of an expensive project. Because you kind of have to hire, unless you're really good at concrete, but you kind of kind of hire that out. And for my taste, probably that would be a little too clean for me. You know, I'm a little bit more <laughs> of a, uh, you know, rustic sort of look. So rustic. I'm I'm all for the I'm all for the I collected 7,700 stones and stacked them around my garden bed areas. Yeah, very <laughs> very ununiformly. Right. Rustic. We'll just, just stick with that. Stick with rustic. Yeah. Uh, you could always install a bird feeder. Put a bird feeder, maybe a little bird bath in. It'll bring some wildlife to your yard. <laughs> yeah. It looks good. Yeah. I always enjoy having a bird feeder. I do like bird feeders uh, and bird baths. Both of those very cool. Um, there is a there is a little side note, a little maybe a, a cautionary thing. Rats. Maybe yeah, maybe buy a bird feeder that that um, is better at containing the bird feed that's not being eaten. If you yes. if you buy one where the bird feed has a tendency to spill off the sides and collect on the ground below, that can bring rodents that you don't want. Um, so be careful of that. I, I But I do think that a bird feeder on the property is, is a good touch. And squirrels. You got to protect it from the squirrels. Right, and the squirrels. Goodness. Uh, here's another one. Add a DIY... Arbor or trellis. You can either go out and buy them or you can build one fairly inexpensively. If you want to just add one to the front of your home or even the back of the home, 
You can add, you could dig some posts, a couple four by four cedar, a couple two by four or two by six across it. It's not hard. No, right. Or, you know, the, that really cool pa- planter box trellis that we made where we built a little squ- uh, rectangle box. Oh, yeah. We did a video about that. Yep. And then a couple of four by fours going up the back. And then we put some hog panel on there. That's right. And you have a uh, climbing clematis. Yeah, that's uh, right. It's in my backyard currently. And it looks great. It it's actually great. an evergreen It's been a few clematis. years ago since we, yeah. since we built that. But that it, thing is really filled in, too. It, it does look really good. That's a, uh, if you're interested in that, you can go check it out on our YouTube channel. YouTube, just search WW Home Show or search Par Lumber, Par, P-A-R-R. Yeah. Find our channel. Um, what's another one, Tony? Outdoor lighting. Yes. I, this is something that you have maximized the opportunity at your property. You are an outdoor lighting sort of connoisseur, if you will. I do enjoy Outdoor light. It in honestly, depending on which way you go, outdoor lighting can be pretty expensive. If you go with the low voltage and the wire and the the direct barrier to bury the wire, the cable, going back to a timer and a transformer and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's different. There's obviously just like the entryway. There's different uh, levels, the varying levels that you can uh, commitments that you have to make here. For example, adding lighting, accent lighting to the back to the back of your property behind your home can be as simple as buying a 40 foot string of led lights that you run along an eighth inch stainless steel cable from one structure to another. And it just lights the space between two buildings, like from your home to your shed mm-hmm. or, or to your shop or whatever you have yeah. back there, maybe to your barbecue cover, right? So many things out there that, and that doesn't have to be expensive, but you also can, Add lighting to your landscaping, up lights, down lights, you know, accent lights, all of that stuff. Yeah, and solar lights, I'll be honest, I've gone that route. You get a little solar light, you put it in, but the problem is, at least in Oregon, is we don't get a lot of sun during the winter months. So there's not a lot during the day to charge those things up, and when it gets dark, they might only fire on for 45 minutes to an hour, which might be fine for you. Sure. But I have mine that are direct wire to a transformer. Uh, but that project, I mean, honestly, probably costs around 800 bucks for all mm-hmm. the lights that I put in. Mm-hmm. So not super cheap, but if you wanted to go the, a, a, if you got a decent LED solar powered light, I feel like you could get it done. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I do like exterior lighting. I think that's a great project if, if it's not something you've got around your home. You'll like it. How about planters? Have you built planters? Do you have window boxes under your windows? I know that you have shutters on the front of the house. We do have shutters and I don't have window boxes. We do have, we opted not for planters, so to speak, on the front. We do have lots of flower pots. That's how we do our flowers yeah, in the front of the house. Still a planter, even if it's not a you know a garden box, it's still a plant. A yeah, yeah. We flower. we got larger potted flower pots that we just reuse year after year. And I mean, if you live in the Portland area or even anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, and you have a Fred Meyer. You can go to Fred Meyer in the springtime, and they have this event where you buy plants from them, and then they have a huge truck bring in this like really nice dirt like potting soil. Yeah. And then they'll plant it for you in in the pot. You take the pot and then you buy the plants and then they fill it with dirt and put the plants in there, you know, make it all nice. And then you take the finished thing home. Wow. That's interesting. (laughs) We do that every year. I've never seen anything like that. It's around, I think it's around Mother's Day. Is that right? Mother's Day is in the spring? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, uh, that sounds good. That sounds like a great, that sounds like a great time. Yeah. No, uh, they're not. We're not related to them in any way, but <laughs> but they're a local business uh, to where to where we're at. Yeah, yeah, we see them all the time. Sure, that's so, cool. But that's cool. we do that every spring. But no window boxes. No, uh, no sort of cedar boxes underneath your windows that are holding flowers. No, that's that's a fun little project. Yeah, you do that. Yeah, You've had that. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's a fun little project. You know, um, the hardest thing about that planter boxes, planted pots, um, all of those things. The hardest thing is. A regular watering 
um, schedule, a yes. regimen. Yes. You have to keep it watered. If you don't keep it watered, then then you've you've failed. <laughs> essentially. Well, especially if you don't have a lot of time on your hands. You know, we have two kids, so we're constantly sports and working and school and it's just stuff. We're all over the place. And, you know, we would try to make the kids do it on a chore schedule. Sure, and sure. The problem is, is if they forget and they don't do it, we're expecting them to do it. But if they don't do it, plants die. Right. So yeah. actually just this last year, our backyard pots that we keep there, we have a sprinkler head really close. So I connected a drip line to it and now it drip. Oh yeah. Smart. All of our little plants right there. Smart. So it works out perfect. I mean, but you also have, no- notably, you also have a sprinkler system on your property. Yes. Um, another, another project, maybe not something we would consider affordable, but it's also not remodeling your kitchen. So it's quite a bit less expensive than that. Yeah. You know, and honestly, for instance, my neighbor, he installed a, like a DIY sprinkler system where you hook it up to your hose bib with a timer and it goes down and then a hose goes over to this section and a hose goes over to this section. He's got a little manifold that's, you know, separates out the areas and then they fire on one after another, you know? And the problem is... Like, he doesn't have his set on timers, so he'll go out, oh, really? <laughs> turn on the hose bib, and then go take a nap. Right. So sometimes his sprinkler system will run for an a long, hour. A long nap? Oh, yeah. An hour, you mm-hmm. know? My sprinkler turns on every morning for eight minutes. That's it. And my lawn stays perfectly fine, green. Yeah. I have no problems. Uh, but, you know, I've seen people where they have their sprinklers running twice a day for too long, 20, 30 minutes. It's too much water. Yeah. So, I mean, in the long run, I think the sprinkler system saves me money. Right. If it's used properly. Yeah. As yeah, yeah. with anything, of course. And I did do a lot of that work myself. I trenched all the holes. I laid all the pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a plumber come out and help do attach it. You have to attach it to the water main before it goes into the house. You got to tee it off there. Sure, okay. You don't want it going into your house and then out to your sprinkler because every time you, you know, if you're in the shower and the sprinklers go on, you would get blasted. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you want that water yeah. pressure outside. Right. At least that's what they tell me. But that's how we did it. We hooked it to the water main and it works perfect. Huh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to have, I'd like to have a sprinkler system in my house, but. It's you know it's down the it's down the list of priorities for me um, eventually maybe yeah I mean it, it's a lot of work I'll tell you that if you if you do it yourself it's a lot of work you prepare to get muddy you have to rent some machines I rented a big machine that digs trenches a mm-hmm. trenching machine mm-hmm. like a walk behind and it digs it you know way down there three feet two feet or three feet down oh yeah wow it's got to be below the frost line and uh, yeah what's funny is I grew up in Michigan. And I remember installing fences uh, at a couple properties at, at our, my parents' property. We installed the fence one time. I helped friends install fences a couple times. And you had to go, we had to dig those post holes slightly more than four feet. Whoa. Four feet. Wow. So every time we would go out and buy posts, all of them were 10 footers. That was normal. Wow. So- and then you come out here and the frost, it's because of the frost line. It gets so far down, you don't want those posts and to get under the concrete and heave. They would heave up. Oh, if you don't dig them deep enough. Interesting. Your interesting. fence will be all out of whack in a few years. Wow. But here, you get away with two feet. No problem. I'm not sure about Central Oregon. I'll bet you they have to be... Deeper. Much deeper than the valley. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I've never given any consideration to that. Of course, I've never lived anywhere but here. Yeah. I mean, it's something to consider if you're listening to the show. Maybe, and you're building a fence, might be worth asking the person at the, whoever you're buying the fencing materials from, hey, how deep do I need to put these fence posts? Yeah. They might know. Yeah, very interesting. Hey, how is your, how, how proficient are you with a pressure washer? Very proficient. Yeah, I could use you at my house. Let's just <laughs> schedule a time for you to come over, 
pressure wash some of my surfaces. I could show you how to start it for sure. I don't own a pressure washer. (laughs) um, And so if I'm going to do it, I'm going to either have to buy one or rent one, but I definitely have some work to do. Yeah, you can borrow one for sure from me. I'll lend it to you. I'll show you how to start it. Okay. You give me a lesson on how to use it first. Super easy. I have this attachment for mine and it's like a- The Karchner? Yeah, Karcher. 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 It's uh, like a round disc that attaches to your pressure washer. Looks kind of like a floor buffer. Yeah, and it has an extension on it. It has like a three-foot extension so I can stand up. And it has a spinning wheel on the inside with two nozzles. And it's got like a brush, a broom around the outside of it. But you run that thing across the ground and it's almost like a little UFO. Yeah, so it, it just spins. Yeah, because if you turn the water off, it's really hard to move it back and forth. Sure, but if you sure. turn the water on it, it like levitates glides. slightly. Yeah, glides across. Glides across the concrete. And that thing works fantastic. And it's super easy. I actually paid my 13-year-old daughter to do it this summer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I could use, uh, I could use, I've, I have an exposed aggregate driveway. And um, yeah, it could use, it has not been pressure washed and in years and years, it it's desperately needs some Well, I'll help. give you a tip. If you don't have a pressure washer and you don't want a pressure wash, 30 seconds outdoor cleaner actually works pretty well. Right. And a broom? Not even a broom. You just spray it on there. Really? Yeah, and let it do its thing. Interesting. Depending okay. on how bad it is, of course. But yeah. Like, I did that on mine, and it lightened everything up. looked great. Interesting, interesting. A couple yeah, years that's, ago. That's good tip. Good tip. Yeah. So, here's another one. Outdoor seating. Mm-hmm. Now, Adirondack chairs, not everybody can afford them. Sometimes they can be kind of, to use a West Coast term, spendy. Yeah. <laughs> that was another, that's one of the words I learned when I moved here from Michigan. Yeah. When somebody said spendy, I was like, oh, that's a fun word. <laughs> <laughs> I use that word all the time. I know. I do too yeah, now. That's but fu- that is funny. It was yeah, new to me. Adirondack chairs can be spendy. That much is true. Can you be, can can be spendy. You oftentimes can get one that's plastic, that's less expensive, twenty or thirty dollars probably. But if you want a a good solid wood Adirondack chair that will last you for a while, yes, they're gonna be they're gonna cost you a couple of hundred bucks. I agree, but you can build your own. You can use some reclaimed wood. You could even go out and find old and refurbish. Buy something on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace and bring it home and. Give it a nice sand job and paint it. You know, it's not, that's that painting something and refurbing something is super inexpensive compared to buying brand new. Sure. And you're keeping it out of the landfill. Yeah. That's a good tip. Yeah. You know, you can even, like like I just said, if you have old you can furniture anyway, if you have old furniture that maybe just needs new cushions mm-hmm. or a fresh coat of paint, it's uh, something to think about. Yep. Absolutely. I, I feel like that... Um, it might require some more glue or some fasteners to stiffen it up in some areas where it's uh, where it could be becoming loose. But definitely, after you get that done in a coat of paint, it can it can stick around replace for replace some bolts. Stick around for another five years easily. Uh, this is one that I like to do every couple of years, and I <laughs> you could spend little money on it, or you can go all out. And recently, in the last couple of years, few years, I've been going all out, and I'm talking about mulching or bark dust. That's 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 another term they use here in the Pacific Northwest. Bark dust. Mm, interesting. When I I never heard that term until I moved out here. Really? Bark dust. Well, it's it's like it's mulch that you put in your beds, garden beds. Yeah. So I'm confused a little bit. Do we have a do we have a the term mulching? What what do you do when you have your lawnmower set to tear up the grass? Well, and, there's and, aerating and and yeah. there's dethatching. Yeah. And yeah, mulching a mulching mower will take your lawn grass and mulch it. Okay, so there so I'm not, not crazy. There's there's multiple definitions to mulching. Sure. But again, in in Michigan, that's what we called anything that you got that you put around a flower bed, a flower bed. We call it mulch. I see. Mulch. I don't know why. Not not bark dust. Bark dust. But why is it called bark dust? It's the dust from the bark on the tree. See, but it's not. <laughs> it's like, it's a weird term. I mean, it kind of is. Bark dust. It's dusty and it's bark. <laughs> it's bark dust. Anyway, if you here, I'll tell you what. We'll leave it with this. 
If you go out to the flower bed. Yeah, there's a company that is from here actually called Bark Dusters. If you go out to your flower bed where you have recently applied mulch, as you say, and you bury your hand in it and take it back out, what's on it? That, my friend, is bark dust. (laughs) And it's on your hand. Except it's not. It's like shredded tree. That's what all that stuff is. You know, like that. When you buy the hemlock. This is what I learned. When you buy bark dust or mulch and have it put down or put it down yourself, a lot of times it's just shredded trash wood Mm. that they treat with chemicals to kill off all of the weeds. And then they add colorant to it to make it the color that you want, like red or dark brown. Interesting. That's what that is. Well, I can tell you from experience, at one time, it was bark. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so now, I would okay, walk hold on. As a child, I would walk out and grab a handful, and it was all bark. So that's different. These are these are literally just pieces of bark from a tree. That's different. That's bark dust. No, that's not bark dust. Well, that's I bark mean, chips. It's bark chips with dust. It's bark just oh, come chips on. and dust. It's bark chips. <laughs> if you're putting down bark chips, it's totally different. That's okay. like big chunks. Well, of, that's where the name came from. Yeah. Well, Dusty bark chips. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come from shredded tree. Okay. I think shredded tree might be new. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to get some landscaping <laughs> old timers in here and ask them. Yeah. Maybe if you know, if one of our listeners knows. Tell us we need a history us. lesson on bulk. bark bark chips, shredded tree, and mulch. Yeah, there's well, there's bark chips. And then there's wood chips. Okay. Which is different. Right. That's you have your wood tree. chips. Wood chips you'll see a lot on playgrounds. They're okay. larger chunks of wood that are chipped. Bark. And then there's the bark. A lounger? <laughs> Barka. Barka. <laughs> there's no. a bark a lounger. The woof <laughs> chips. <laughs> yeah, then there's the bark chips. Yeah. Those are just they're different. Mm, interesting. Interesting topic of conversation. <laughs> I had no idea when I wrote mulching. I mentioned earlier that you have shutters on the exterior of your home. Yes. And you, I remember this. When you recited your house, you decided that you were going to recite, of course, with the, the same siding that you had. And you were not necessarily doing the whole house. But you did decide that you were going to retain the shutters because you liked the look. You recall this? I did. We considered taking them off and removing them all together, which we did. We took them off and left them in the garage for a week. Drove up to the house every day just to see what we thought. And we didn't like it. We actually liked the shutter look. And did you then replace them with new shutters? No, we just painted them. Oh, okay. Yeah, we painted them a newer color because they, they were like a black black yeah you know like a really jet basic yeah basic black and so we painted them with like a bluish very very dark blue i can't even remember the name of the color midnight sky something like that yeah Yeah. uh indigo indigo sky maybe yeah i love the shutters on your house i think that it fits the style of house um it absolutely looks really really wonderful if you don't have shutters around your windows or you want to you're considering changing your window treatments um shutters can be a good way to go whether they're panel shutters or louvered shutters yeah, shutters they can, can get, be a good way they to go can get a little spendy <laughs> you can buy them out of vinyl like you said right. pre-manufactured they come in set heights and set widths right and that's it you could build them out of wood so you can build them any size you want would, to build your own would be a lot less expensive than to go out and buy the vinyl ones and screw them to the side of your house. They make them, but the nice part about vinyl is if you want them white, they make them white. Right. You don't have to paint them. And then they also have other colors, but then you can just buy them paintable. But you're going to spend, I mean, my guess, 80 to 150 bucks per shutter. Yeah, it, de- set. I mean, it depends on how many windows you have on the front elevation of your home and if you decide to just do the front elevation of the home yeah absolutely yeah but uh but it's still affordable i agree comparatively compare yeah 
This is something that I need, Corey, a, a DIY. I want to DIY my own privacy screen. I have um, a hot tub on the back patio that was given to us by um, some friends of ours. And so we have nothing into it with the exception of the chemicals and stuff that we have to buy to keep it operating. And then, of course, the 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 power that it requires and the water. Right. Um, so so it's a was a minor, minor, minor investment. But, you know, every time we crawl into it, we think, wow, we're we're kind of out in the open here. Um, something that would be really great would be a privacy screen so that it could just be stored maybe. And then when we use it, we can just pop it out, stand it up, um, you know, to, to screen the hot tub use. Yeah. And then when we get out, we can put it back. Yeah. Or you could build it in, uh, you could use, you could grow it. Oh, bamboo or something. Oh yeah. Well, it's on a, it's on a concrete patio. So oh, I, hear I would have to, it would have to be planted or potted or something, but, but a privacy screen is a great project. If you have something in your backyard that you want to keep just for yourself. Absolutely. The uh, last one on the exterior of the home is this is the easiest thing in the world. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that because it's not easy. It's the most obvious thing. It's in the, the world. most obvious and it's very cheap, free. Free. Unless you need to do some repairs, but cleaning your gutters. There are people in my neighborhood that have literal trees growing out of their gutters. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. You look up and you see just mountains of pine needles coming down to pine trees coming out of their gutters. Yeah. And that is the single easiest thing. You just get on a ladder and clean them out. Yes, and what you don't do is fall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't fall because then it gets expensive. Yeah, if you fall. And uh one thing I was going to say is if you're up there, we did this at your house a few years ago. You had a lot of problems with your gutters. I did. They were falling off the house. Yeah, my gutter spikes had stopped performing. And so we bought some Fasten Master. Master gutter, gutter screws. Yep, that's right. You take the old ferrule spikes, yep. spikes and ferrules out, mm -hmm. and then you screw in these longer gutter screws, and man, they held on tight. Yep. So the we only the we'd only, have to do all of them, just some of them. Right. The only real caveat there was the ones that we bought had a five-inch ferrule. I had four-inch K-style gutters. We ended up having to trim those ferrules down. Yeah, all of them. By, by an inch in order to make them work for us. But I also didn't look to see if they had four-inch, you know, ferrules. I, we might have been able to reuse the ferrules I had. I, I don't know. We didn't look into it, but something to note. Actually, I do remember this, and I don't believe they did have a four-inch and we couldn't reuse the ferrules that you have. And I guess we should explain what a ferrule is. The, a ferrule is just a little metal tube, little aluminum tube that goes inside of the gutter that when you drive the nail from the outside of the gutter through the ferrule into the wood, it won't allow you to crush the gutter. Right. It just, right. It props it open. Mm -hmm. So the ferrules that we took out from your old ones that use the old gutter spikes were too... Oh, they were diameter was too diameter small. Diameter was too I small. That. These spike these screws that we got were a pretty good size, yeah, right? They're a little bit bigger. Yeah. But we made it work, didn't we? Yeah, and it turned out great. And it did turn out great. And my gutters are stronger than ever. I mean, you, I can hang from them now. <laughs> and I'm not and I'm not a small guy. I wouldn't test that. <laughs> I have. Interior. Okay, let's talk about some of the things you can do inside the home. We've done all of these things. But, yeah, yeah. Between you, the two of us 100%. in our personal homes, we've done all of these things. Yes, we actually, we've done them recently, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. Uh, the we very can, first one, go ahead. We can vouch that all of the things on this list are things you can do. As Weekend Warriors, this is something you can do. Um, install crown molding. This might be, this might have the, the trickiest part, the most difficult thing to do if you're, if you've got a, a crown molding coming together in an inside corner, there is a bit of a, there's a bit of a mm, challenge, an angle challenge there where these two pieces are coming together. Um, but what better way to learn how to use your miter saw than to grab a couple pieces of something and figure out how to fit them together in a, in a 90 degree corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, 
I've installed crown molding, like fancier crown molding, mm -hmm. and getting those angles, yeah, that is tough. Especially on an older house where the corners aren't square. And I tell you, people that do it for a living are craftsmen. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that is such a hard thing. You got to cope the corner. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to really know what you're doing, I feel like. But you can also buy crown molding that's not that difficult. It's, you know, more of a square cut. So it just depends on what you choose to go with. Yeah. Crown molding is, uh, is a beautiful thing. And if it's as long as it's done right. I have seen crown molding not installed correctly. Oh, yeah. Filled and with caulking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it cannot look great real quick. Absolutely. But here is one that you can do yourself. Very forgiving. That is simple. Installing wainscoting. Yeah. Or wainscoting. I think we had this discussion once, mm -hmm. how it's actually pronounced. And both are generally accepted. It's interesting because I feel like if it was pronounced wainscoting, that there would be two T's. Yeah. And if I feel like if it was pronounced Wayne's coding, that it would have an A. And yet, here it is with neither with... Oh, it does have two Ts. Well, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, I see it. Somebody doesn't. just... Yeah, so it's it, Wayne's cot. Wayne's cot. Wayne's cot. W-A-I-N-S-C-O-T. Wayne's cot. Well... If you were typing Wayne's cot and the word was Wayne's cotting, you would add a T, I think. You would, yeah. It would yeah, be Wayne's cotting. dictionary... The present participle, wainscoting. <laughs> wainscoting, yes. This is a treatment that you put on a flat wall. Uh, oftentimes, it is only a partial height of the wall. It can come up three feet or four feet, five feet or six feet. Um, and it's a, it's a wall treatment that you put on a wall that um, just adds a, you know, a little different decorative feel. Yeah, yeah, to the room. Sometimes it's combined with chair rail, and then you put chair rail in your dining room, for example, so that the top of your chair, when it rubs the wall, does not dig into the sheetrock. So instead, they put chair rail on the wall, so the top of the chair rubs the chair rail, and then oftentimes they will wainscot below the chair rail. Yes, exactly. And that chair, chair, chair rail looks really cool. And you can do it half wall. You can do a short one, like four foot tall. Or I've seen it where it's three quarters of the wall, where it comes up really high. Yeah. Also I think that looks look, super cool. I, I do too. I agree with that. And we recently we recently made a video um, with a three quarter height wall wainscot that was actually um, mimicking the the original wainscoting that was in the house from a hundred years ago. Right. It turned out really good. Yeah, it turned out I really out good. liked it. Uh, here's something interesting, Tony. So I Googled Wayne Scott. Wayne Scott. And it actually is acceptable. Wainscoat. Wainscoat. Oh, it said Wainscoat. Wainscoat. Interesting. Wainscoat. Yeah, it's kind of a weird Wainscoat. Wainscoat. But it comes from Middle German, Middle Low German, the two words wagon and shot which means partition and it was an old german word called wagenschot wagenschot and now in middle english they'd say wainscot wainscot or wainscoat or wainscoat yeah i love that i love it it's very uh... so that's interesting so if it's if it's singular i guess you would say wainscoat but if you were using it as a verb or you would say that it has wainscoting Wainscotting. You would say that it has Wayne. This house has wainscotting. But if you were talking about it singularly, you would say wainscote. But if it doesn't have wainscotting, no one's talking about it. That's weird. Because it's just a dumb it's just wall. A, it's a weird word. It's just a dumb wall if it doesn't have wainscotting on it. <laughs> Wainscot. That's a great affordable project that you can do in the house and really change the look of a room, like a dining room. Or even a family room. Or yeah, room. it looks cool. Paint it, paint it a different color. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, next one on the list is to create some built-in shelves. Built-in shelves. Do you have a little nook in your home that is 
useless? I absolutely do not have a nook. If I had a nook, it would already have shelves built in it. Do you have a closet? I have several closets. As a matter of fact, I'm about to add shelves to all of them. I know, but I have seen, yeah, I mean, you could do that. You could do, you could build shelving within a closet, close the door, but you also have open shelving. I have seen where people have taken like a linen closet or a coat closet that doesn't get used very much. It's in a weird location or something. Take the door off, trim it out, open it up. And then build in like open shelving in that closet. Interesting. I've seen that. And not put the door back on. Yeah. Wow. They leave it open. Very interesting. I actually Very saw somebody that had a small home where they did that and they created like a desk. So it was almost like an inset little office inside of this closet. Huh. It's kind of cool. Office closet. Interesting. I Funny thing is, I work with a guy, I think I told you about him. That has an office closet? He does. He is a, uh, he's a voice actor on the side. Oh, okay. All right. Actually all right. kind of a prolific voice actor. He's, he's voiced over program or, or video games such as Skyrim. Mm. He actually has some voices in that video game. Interesting. Very interesting. And he told me that he's got, you know, in his apartment... He lives in an apartment and he has this little closet and that's the only place he can put all of his gear and he opens the door and bam, he's got his little desk, little chair, little soundproofing, office microphone, cl- office closet, office closet. I love it. It's kind of cool. A window seat. You know, I, I don't think we see window seats very much these days. They used to be very common. Um, another thing that was very common was a bay or a bow type window in a home and Oftentimes, when you found a bay or a bow window, there was a window seat in front of it. This used to be very, very common. I think it's less common now, but that doesn't mean that it's not still a good thing to do. What's your take on that? Is this a uh, is this a timeless sort of project, a window seat, or do you think it is um, past its prime? I, I'm with you. I mean, it just depends on the the home. You know, if you've got a uh... A breakfast nook, for example. I've seen people take the breakfast nook where, you know, the 1980s, 1990s breakfast nook with the octagonal bump out. Yeah. I've seen people take those and build in a window seat in that whole area with storage seating or storage under the seat and then put a big cushion in there. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of like a little relaxing spot to sit and read books and whatnot. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. It's a, and you can get it done pretty inexpensively. I mean, you're talking about a couple pieces of plywood, a couple pieces of trim, some foam, some fabric. Yeah. You could probably get it done for a couple hundred bucks. Sounds like a fun project. Yeah. If you've, if you have that situation, what's funny is the house before the one I live in now had that octagonal nineties bump out. I know you know what I'm talking about. It's called a bay window. A bay window? Well, the f- the floor also bumps out. It's not just the window. Okay. Well, they said they call it a bay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you call it. Yeah. Bay. They call it a bay. I just, just may. Just like you call me your bay. <laughs> no. No, he bay. does not. Yeah, he absolutely does not. I was trying to. Is that B-A-E? Yeah. B-A-E. Bay. <laughs> I think uh, I call it a bump out. Yeah. An okay. Octagonal. That's fine. Call bump it a bump out. out. I hear what you're saying. It's a great place for a window yeah, a window seat. Window seat. Uh, what about installing a barn door? You're when, doing that. Yeah, when you install a barn door in a place where there was already a hinged door, or are you adding a place? I am remodeling my master bed and bath, and and I have added two doors. Those doors will be barn style doors, and so yes, I will be. Installing some barn style doors. I'm buying a door slab only with no prep in a 32 inch five panel hollow core. And I'm going to hang that from the barn door hardware that goes over top of the door. And then, of course, the same width of the door to one side. I actually framed the wall and I framed supports in where that barn door track will go so that the door is, you know, the weight of the door is carried all the way over. 
I think you're doing that just so your wife can yell at you when you leave it open and say, were you born in a barn? Born in a barn! Yes! That door will never be left open. It is the door to the toilet room. <laughs> Which, I'm just going to be honest, I find that weird because I've stayed in hotels. There's hotels that have recently, within the last probably five years, done a remodel on the on the hotel. Mm-hmm. And they've put in these sliding barn doors. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't know anything about sliding barn doors, they don't actually close flush to the door. You know, you've got trim, so it actually sticks away from the wall. Right. You know, half inch, three quarters of an inch. Yep. So when you close it, you kind of see right in there. Yeah, I think this, I think they're kind of- noises. I think they're kind of hanging their hat on, if you're sharing a hotel room with someone- you want Probab- to hear what's going on Probably in there? Probably not a big deal if the, if you can see into the bathroom. That's just, all I'm saying. I guess just leave it open. Just leave it open. Why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? There, <laughs> I'm just going to say this real quick. My wife works in the hotel business, and she told me there is a, I can't remember the brand, but there is a brand of hotel that caters to the young younger generation, and like 20s to 30, 20 to 30 range. And one of the popular things to do is have the bathroom open. Like, no, like, no door. Like with just like a gl- piece of glass wall. And that's the bathroom. Interesting. Weird. Yeah. Very interesting. I've seen. Uh, Too much. I've Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some pictures of bathrooms. Recently, I've been surfing through pictures of bathrooms. Um, to be inspired, and I've seen pictures of bathrooms with no, no doors, yeah, no weird, no walls. I stayed it's in just an Airbnb in the same once. room as the bed. We rented this Airbnb once at the beach, that had the large master bedroom was upstairs, and it had a hot tub in the master bedroom, like a jacuzzi tub, mm-hmm. and it was like raised, and it had like this tile up to it. It was weird, right? And then right next to it was a toilet, just in the middle of the room. <laughs> no door around yeah, it. That's no interesting. curtain. Yeah. That is interesting. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. But you know, to each his own, I guess. Yes, sir. And probably not a really good resale value on that one. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'd say the majority of people prefer to... Do that business behind a closed door. Privately. Yeah. Let's move on. Yep. How about an accent wall? I'll tell you what. I also just did this uh, in the new bathroom behind the the tub. I put shiplap on one wall from floor to ceiling. And you painted it black. And I painted it black. That's right. The walls are white and the shiplap is black and it is a great accent wall. In addition to that, in the... In the toilet room, that was in the sink room or the tub room. In the toilet room, which is adjacent, uh, we painted one I think wall. They called it the water closet. The water closet. We painted one wall black. No shiplap, just painted the one wall black. Gotcha. Yeah, very cool. Accent walls are cool. I think as long as they're the color is the right, you know, not pink or I mean, some people like pink. I suppose. Yeah, you do whatever you want. You do whatever you want. Accent, Accent walls wall. are amazing. I remember back. Probably in the early 2000s. That was super, super popular. Having an accent wall. And it was always like mauve or something. You know, or dark burgundy. We're going to paint this wall, this one wall, burgundy. And that's going to be our statement wall. Remember that? I had a burgundy wall. (laughs) Of course you remember In my house, I had a burgundy wall. Trading spaces, baby. Yeah. Uh, Here's one that is, that can be inexpensive. And we put it on the list because a standard interior door, if you if you have something that's old and beat up or damaged and you just are putting it off because you think it's going to be expensive, you can buy a pre-hung interior door for what? $95. Yeah, $100. Under $100. Yeah. Get it installed. Comes with the hinges. Just put your old hardware in the brand new door and hang it. It's not a hard project. It's something you could do yourself. If you've yeah, never done it, you can spend, learn how to do yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to spend another 25 bucks probably on trim. 
Yeah, trim and shims. Yeah, and yeah, but for a hundred hundred and twenty five bucks a door. Yeah, you can you can upgrade. You know, if you've got stained birch flush doors, maybe that are or mahogany that are just rich mahogany, really old looking. Um, you could replace those with a a panel door, a hollow core panel door for yeah, one hundred and twenty five bucks. I would say with trim, Fantastic. very easy, very easy to do. Uh, next one on the list is to install some backsplash in your kitchen. And I say this is inexpensive because, Tony, you used a product. It was like peel and stick. That's right. Smart tile or I can't remember what the name of it was. Something. S- yeah, smart something. Anyways, it was a peel and stick tile adhesive and you put it on the wall. And then when you touch the tile to it, man, it does not ever want to come off of there ever. And then, uh, oh, so it was like a backer, and then you stuck the tile to it? Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. You stick it to the wall, to the to the textured or smooth, whatever. So in lieu wall. of in, adhesive. That's correct. You use that little peel and stick. Yep. You stick it on there. And it worked great. On... I've, I've, never had, I've never had a tile come off. It's been eight years. I've never had a tile come off. It's been one week since I looked at you. <laughs> uh, now, I, I am you probably- routed it. We did. Yep. Okay. We grouted it after. It was after all the tile was up. We used spacers and tile and that, that peel and stick paper. Um, but not far away from probably taking it all down and replacing it. Yeah. Oh, really? We used glass tile. Oh, that's right. We, we, put, we used the wrong size spacers, quarter inch spacers. We used a contrasting grout color. So many, so many of the things that we did did not work out for us. And then what happened later, and I know you don't know about this, but we had, we'd installed the cabinets before the, before the crown molding had arrived. And then when the crown molding arrived, we realized that the cabinets were not the right distance from the ceiling in order for the crown molding to reach the ceiling. So some of our cabinets were the right height and some of them were not. We had to then in turn just recently raise those cabinets up so that the crown molding would reach the ceiling, would empty them, take the cabinets down, move them up, reinstall the cabinets, which of course left an open space above the backsplash. Gotcha. And so now the backsplash needs to come down and we're going to do it right this time. And so that's a, that's a, that's a great project. Replacing your backsplash doesn't have to be tile. Could be, uh, could also be shiplap. I'm seeing a lot of shiplap backsplash in kitchens these days. Yeah. Very common. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, anything that's made out of wood that's in a wet zone, you're going to regret it, in my opinion. But just depends on how well it's painted. Yeah, that's my opinion. Um, the kitchen island a lot of times is made out of wood. It's in a wet zone. Yes. And I tell you what, that's actually the next one on our list, is to build a kitchen island. And you can get this done fairly inexpensively. We built a kitchen island for you, and I feel like we built that ourselves yeah. fairly inexpensively. Absolutely. We made, we took four posts, we screwed two by sixes around it as an apron, or one by, I think actually one by six. And then we built framing on the inside, we built a shelf in there, and then all you did is you went out, you painted it white, and then you went out and got a scrap piece of granite from somebody. Fairly inexpensively, cut it, slapped it right on top. That thing's sweet. Absolutely. Still using it eight years later. Yeah. I love that little island. It's it's super, super cute. Yeah. So building that, you know, or another option, and this is actually how we built my island. We have a gigantic island. We put this thing in and we're like, we want the biggest island you could possibly make. How big? Out of one piece of quartz. How big is your island? So big. You could vote someone off of it. <laughs> yes, that's a big island. You do have a great big island. That tell was, me about that's the, your. I stole your joke there. Tell me about building that. Uh, we we built it out of just cabinets. We went and bought pre-made cabinets. You arrange them on the floor, screw them together, screw them to the floor, and then bam, sheet of quartz on top. So it wasn't like out of control expensive we painted it and it looks great and it looks custom yeah so and it's very user-friendly 
shelving on the end, lots of really good nooks and crannies and places for drawers and doors and sliding drawers. That's great. It is great. The only thing about doing an island like that is I think there is something code related to you. You have to have electrical in it. I think that is a code. Interesting. If you have a permanently installed island like that, mm. yours you move, you can move around. Right, mine is not to. affixed to the floor at all, but mine is. So we actually had an electrician came out and wired it and put in an electrical box in the island. So I'm pretty sure he told me that was the case, but I might be wrong. Interesting, interesting. How about installing laminate flooring? I yes. You know, we've, you remember we've the both, old, we've the old, both done this. Yeah. I know. The old days of Pergo, laminate flooring, I feel like are gone. Right. You don't no see question. too much of that anymore. Right. Now it is LVP or right. LVT. Luxury vinyl plank or luxury vinyl tile. Yep. It comes, it's extremely durable, waterproof. You know, if it gets soaked, it doesn't swell. The old days of that snap click laminate flooring looked great. Went down super easy or floating floor. Another, you know, it would just sit there. Right. You never actually fastened it to the floor. Right. But the problem is it, it was made with compressed wood fiber and glue. And, and when water yeah. got in there, yeah. it would swell up like a marshmallow. They would say it's waterproof. It's pre-finished and waterproof. And that was absolutely true. On the surface. Correct. But where it came together, where the tongue and the groove came together, that was not finished. And that was susceptible to swelling. And that's exactly what would happen. Water would be sitting on the surface of the floor. It would seep down in between the tongue and the groove, and it would soak into the edges of the floor, and it would cause it to swell and buckle. And there you go. It's it's just, you know all over but the crying. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know this, but... When you installed it in a kitchen around your appliances and, and whatnot in tech, wet areas, there was different installation instructions for that stuff. You were supposed to glue all of the seams. Interesting. And a lot of times people didn't. They just snap, click, yeah. and go. But today, people might use the term laminate flooring or, or you know, click together yeah, flooring snap, or click. snap, click flooring. But what they really mean is luxury vinyl plank or luxury vinyl tile because that is what everyone is buying and using. And I'll tell you what, it it's is a amazing. great, great product. Yeah. It's lightweight. It's easy to install. It performs well. It's good. And it looks, the stuff they're coming out with now, I mean, looks like real wood. Oh, absolutely. It's I mean, great. it even has texture of real wood. You get down, you're like, is this real? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very cool. It is. And it's affordable. And I agree. It's really a good product. Uh, next one on the list is to upgrade your kitchen cabinet hardware, which can be, you know, you can make it expensive as you want. But if you've got old pulls, what you could do is take them out, measure the distance between the holes if they're a grab handle. If they're single pulls, you don't have to worry about that so much. One hole. One hole. But if you have the pull, the handles, grab handles, you know, usually they're three inch or four inch, six inch. You have to measure the distance, and when you go buy them, you can either take the old one with you and match it up, or if you're buying them on a website, just make sure that you really pay attention to that dimension. Sometimes they're in millimeters, right? A lot oh, of these yeah. things are manufactured overseas. It's not going to be your standard four-inch hardware, so you really need to make sure that it fits, and then order them, but it's, it's so easy. Yep. You unscrew the old ones, you screw the new ones in, and it will completely change the look of your kitchen. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about building a bookshelf to divide a room? Currently at my house, we have uh, two spare bedrooms, and one of them doubles as a craft room where much crafting is done. So much crafting. But it's important that the room also double as a, a room to sleep. So there's a bed and, a, you know, a little dresser and a nightstand and some of those requirements for a, for a room. But it also has a desk, a couple of desks and some workstations um, for a craft room. We currently are using two bookshelves that are in the center of the room 
directly underneath the one light that's in the room. Mm. So you can't you can't run a curtain all the way up to the ceiling because the light would only be on one side. So a bookshelf to separate the room or to divide the room works really, really well because the light will um, illuminate both sides of the bookshelf. But then so, you got to go out and buy a bunch of books. Yeah, you don't have to put books in them. In, in the craft room, <laughs> you know, one side of that bookshelf is full of craft project type stuff. And so... I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Take I don't read storage you know, stuff. So, yeah. So we just, we just put <laughs> items there. Action figures and things. All right. The last one on our list is something that I've done myself over the years a couple of times. And it sounds silly, but if you if you have a situation in your home where you have like an old light fixture that hangs down, say above your dining room table, and that light fixture goes up into the ceiling, and the sheetrock around it has started to crumble over the years, and then you can kind of see past the light fixture into the attic, and you see insulation, and you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you see the cold air just coming out of there. Yeah. You could buy what's called a ceiling medallion. They usually sell them at the home centers. You walk in in the electrical department and they have like a whole pile of them. And they're like, they kind of look like old style plaster ornate. You can get them plain or ornate or whatever you want. But you basically take it and you kind of glue it up to the ceiling and then install your light fixture or your chandelier against that. Holds it up. And it holds up and it looks pretty cool. Yeah. You can you can either leave them white or paint them whatever you want. Seems like something that you would it covers common, it all up. Yeah, seems like something you would commonly see in an in a, in a hundred year old home. Or, yes, or you know something maybe in an old building downtown or something like that. Yeah, very ornate, very do, old looking. They can look a little fancy. Yeah, and honestly, we put it in the last house that we lived in, uh, but it looked good. You know, it was in the dining room. It yeah. added a little bit of something to the ceiling. And I like it covered that. up all that old nastiness. I like it. So anyway, that is a pile of projects That's that a we bunch. feel yeah. is somewhat affordable. A little different. We've done this show several times over the years, and it's hard to come up with new ideas. Yeah. So if you've got any that you want to share with us, send them to us. Email us at weekendwarriors at par.com. I'll go, uh, go find our... YouTube channel, it's forward slash YouTube forward slash WW Home Show. You can follow us on Instagram, same thing, WW Home Show. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, we definitely appreciate you checking us out today. If you got any questions, feel free to get a hold of us. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. See you next time. <laughs>